Hello, it is Monday, April 26, 2021, years after zero. Good show for you today. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen. Oh, oh boy, there's a little indigestion there. I apologize. You don't deserve that. I'm sorry. But Eric Walden, former teammate of mine, Super Bowl champion, uh, has been around the league. He stops by and gives us a hysterical conversation. I think he's going to be one of your new favorite players that have ever existed after it. And AJ Hawk obviously stops by Triple H. Huh? Big Monday, big Monday. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to this thing. Hey, let's have a good week. Here we go. Oh, here, we go. Oh, here we go now. Hey, it's draft week, huh? Let's yeah. get it. Night dreams are going to come true. Teams are going to change. There's a lot popping off in the NFL world. We'll be joined by Eric Walden, okay, Super Bowl champion of the Green Bay Packers, former teammate of mine, alongside A.J. Hawk in about an hour from now, talking about all things NFL. And there's a lot of things to cover right now. Who's going at three? Who's going at four? What's going to happen with teams for the next 10 years of their existence with the quarterback position and what head coaches are inevitably going to get fired because of a poor draft pick that happens on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. There is so much to be excited about, and we can't thank you enough for listening or watching wherever the hell you may be. Obviously, the Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor, Ty Schmidt. Fellas, listen. Packed house in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh. Hey. That crowd was roaring so loud. I feel like that now Texas Rangers had 40,000 at a baseball game. Right. Baseball game crowd can only be as loud and as rompous as a baseball crowd can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like the people that went to that UFC in Jacksonville with 15,000 other people, I feel like they went with the mindset of we're making a statement. Yes. I feel like they had the attitude, hey, we're blowing the fucking roof off of this place. (laughs) They said masks were optional. Every shot I seen to the the crowd, it was a, hey, this is a maskless, reckless, (laughs) wild fucking time. It was a celebration, I feel like, of the UFC fans being able to be back around each other. And I feel like the fighters understood that Uh as well. The first fight of the night was two ladies, okay? It was on ESPN. And I feel like there was a chance. Now, this is early in the night, probably at 33% filled, maybe 20% capacity or whatever, live on ESPN, the prelims or whatever the hell it is. I don't know what you call it, the undercard. And that fight was the perfect fight to have back in front of probably 6,000, maybe 5,000 people. They just threw bombs at each other (laughs) right in the middle of the thing. The place was going crazy. There was chance happening. And then every fight after that, continued to deliver. UFC had an opportunity to hit a grand slam with a packed arena for the first time in 13, 14 months or whatever, and the fighters did just that. Old Buddy snapped his leg in half. Tease and peace to that. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's obviously the full story with uh, uh, Anderson Silva doing the same thing to him years ago, breaking his leg. That was gruesome and obviously disgusting to see. Hope he's okay. Knockouts, incredible knockouts. He he punched his face, okay, so hard. In that photo that was taken by, what was the the photographer's name? Phil Ellsworth is maybe the nicest photo I've ever seen in my life. It feels like 
these professional photographers, do they put filters and shit on this, or is this just uh, a natural? I don't know. I think yeah. it's just pure. His camera rig, I'm sure, is next. Yeah. The guy's got a good rig. Uh -huh. But it was something that came out of nowhere. Street Jesus eats one. I mean, it was a, I think it was a home run of a night for uh, UFC. I'd assume Dana White's pumped. Now we wait to see who all dies from this. Uh -huh. I'm not yeah. talking about the fighters. I'm not talking about the fighters. No, no. No, no I'm talking about... You know, the potential rollout of maybe wave 90 of COVID coming through right. Jacksonville, potentially, because everybody was there. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what. If Uncle COVID was running rampant in there, there was a lot of people sitting ringside. Okay, we need to keep our eyes out on the reigning Super Bowl champs. That's yeah. right. Okay, Tom Brady's diner with Blaine Gabbert and Mike Evans, and then right next to them, MGK. Okay, Machine Gun Kelly. I feel like maybe one of the new biggest UFC fans yeah, out yeah. there. Him and his uh, Megan his, Fox. Megan mm -hmm. Fox. His oh, wife was there. Then you look on the other side. Obviously, you got Jake Paul, Antonio Brown <laughs> alongside <laughs> him. I mean, there was people from. All walks of life all over the country in there. I think celebrating the fact that they're allowed to be back into arena. I think obviously they're fans of mixed martial arts. T.Y. Hilton said it was yeah. the greatest fight card ever. He was so pumped to be there. He was sending videos of the night. People's entrances. Thug Rose. He was like, I yeah, called yeah. it. I called it. He's screaming in one of the videos. <laughs> loud, loud, that whole thing. It felt like it was just a home run of an evening uh, for everybody, including Jake Paul. Hell of a night. Jake yeah, Paul absolutely. had an entire arena saying his name. Now, them saying fuck in front of that is something that has to come with the territory, but there's 15,000 people chanting that dude's name, and he was just sitting there hanging out, having a good time after making $75 million two weeks ago. Uh -huh. He yeah. was like the biggest winner almost from I, this entire thing. I do believe so. <laughs> I do believe so, other than Dana. Of course. Yeah, Dana's pretty pumped. Yeah, also, Texas and Florida, you know, the COVID rates are down. You know, Fox News did report that, but oh, the, those rates are <laughs> yeah. down yeah. Yeah. in comparison right. to other states. Listen, I, I need you, okay, if you're going to become stat Stooge. Yeah. All right. On on. COVID. That's all we got. Yeah. That's all we got is yeah. the stats. The um, Jesus Christ, Connor. <laughs> I mean, who knows if anything you just said was real? Hey, like that, we yeah. were wondering about the Texas Ranger Stadium. I'm With just telling you what the news of the Texas <laughs> yeah. Ranger Stadium, yeah. by the way, is something we had been keeping our eye on. Now, I I, I have not in my timeline seen that there has been massive death from that situation. Right. So I would assume if it did happen, that would have gotten my time. That's good news. Uh -huh. Now we get a second trial run here in Jacksonville. If something makes it in my timeline and everybody's dead, all right, then we're going to have to potentially sell our horses. But it feels like after watching an enclosed event with 15,000 people acting as if we be COVID. We be yeah. COVID. COVID. Like it was 2019. It's going to be hard not to have everybody else who's potentially locked down watching that being like, I mean, are they all dead? Or what, yeah. can we, are they all dying in there? Or what's going on? Eyes are tight <laughs> on the rollout after, of COVID in Jacksonville. Let's hope they all survive. Well, Tim Tebow is there, so you know everyone's going to be fine. True. He did. That is the son of God. Something to think about. Yeah. Uh -huh. That is Boston something to think Stadium. about. And that has been questioned numerous times, I think, at this point, at Viva Lazito, since you brought it up. You're right. I, I did not expect Tebow, by the way, to be a big UFC fan. Me neither. Oh. I bet you he could beat the hell out of some oh. people in there. Yeah. Yeah. His ground and pound would be <laughs> unbelievable. What if that's what Tebow is getting into? It's the next sport. Ah, oh, well, I like that. He's a professional football player. Yep. Of course. 
both at the college level and the NFL. He's professional at both. Okay, he did. I assume he got paid at Florida. He showed up if he didn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Champion. They, they got a statue for him, and he was a champion on, on numerous things. He was obviously a professional baseball player. Yep. We've seen him, seen him hit a golf ball. That's going to happen. Yeah. At yeah. some point. He could do Shambeau before he was doing it. Yeah, he was DeChambeau before that. Now, if he becomes a professional fighter, I'm here for it. Oh, my God. His promos, too, would be so unbelievable about how much he respects the person that he's fighting against. But whenever you get in there in the sport, in the spirit of competition, there's a, there can only be one man. Oh, his entire. So you're going to see a man go in there with fists flying like you have never seen before. Yes. And I'm going to rally and ground and pound. And then afterwards, we're going to pray together and we're going to respect and appreciate each other. Like, I feel like his promos will go in there. Uh, but so maybe Tebow is getting in the fight game or whatever, but all eyes are glued there. NFL conversation got heated up this morning. Monday morning quarterback and football morning in America via Albert Breer and Peter King with all of their connections always light up some conversation. Now, I'm not sure these two are the only people that are breaking this news, but Julio Jones Mm -hmm. is very possibly... No, yeah, you get it. Yeah, yeah, that uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, dude. There is a chance, a good one it sounds like, that Julio Jones is going to get traded out of Atlanta. Yes! We thought this last year. Okay, I thought Matt Ryan and Julio Jones were at the end of the season playing their best football because they both knew they were probably going to have to get traded. Matt Ryan with $100 million guaranteed to him over the next three years. Tough trade. We thought he was balling out towards the end to show somebody like, hey, still got it. Don't worry about it. New GM, new head coach. You think there's a chance they're going to want to move on. It's quarterback position especially with Justin Fields who's from Atlanta potentially now at this point falling down now it is alleged that Julio Jones is uh being shopped or at least being talked about and in this room alone just in this room alone and there are four individuals Uh there are four different teams that are like get Julio (laughs) to our fucking team Indianapolis Colts bring him in hey Ballard listen you're much smarter than I in this whole game I get it I get it but I'll tell you what would make Carson Wentz maybe play like he was playing 2017 football again. Yeah. That's T.Y. Hilton on one side, Julio fucking Jones on the other side, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, maybe even uh, uh, Paris Campbell getting out mm-hmm. there. That team, now you got weapons. Now you got your Julio Jones added to a team immediately makes me feel like, oh, they're they're going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You add him to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my God. Devontae Adams on one side, Julio Jones on the other, and Aaron Rodgers potentially throwing them the rock. Now, let's not even talk about Aaron Jones and, and the sauce, mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon and Big, Big Bob, Bob Tunyon and Mercedes. I mean, there is, there's a lot of weapons there. But think about Julio now. It, as a New England Patriot. Ooh, the, I mean, it's just, it's in Chicago Bears. Now, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. No way. Yeah, no, no, but no. definitely make team better. Julio, Andy yeah. Dalton throw the ball to fucking Julio Jones. He is one of those guys that I think everybody in the NFL is, oh, can we get Julio Jones on our team? Atlanta has to get rid of him. They're, not him. They have to get rid of somebody yeah. and some people and renegotiate some contracts because they don't even have enough salary cap to be able to sign all of their potential drafted players. So they're going to have to make some moves, allegedly, and Julio Jones is going to happen. And uh, it'll be designated post-June 1 because I guess there's a big salary uh, dead cap hit. Um, yeah. Uh, Ian Rapport says the Falcons have received calls for teams inquiring about possible trades for Julio Jones. A trade could not happen for cap reasons 
seasons before June 1st, but teams know Atlanta's brutal cap situation and are calling. A deal won't happen now, but later maybe. But this is also a potential NFL thing where it happens now, but we'll just deem it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so they might deem this a post-June 1 transaction due to the way contracts are set up. People have done that in the past, so why do you even have it in the contract? Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's the point? All these contracts are bullshit. No? Yeah. Yeah. It's like pre-June 1, cut or trade this. Post-June 1, cut or trade this. We're going to cut you here in April, but want to let you know, we're not we're not going to deem it until post-June 1, though. we got to sit on that. Okay. So, hey, we're going to trade you, but not. So whatever the case is, what that does mean, though, is Atlanta cannot uh, get any draft picks or give away any draft picks for this year because post-June 1 is obviously further along down the line than April 29th right. in the draft. So you would have to be trading future draft picks to get Julio right now if you'd like them, or if you're going to wait till June 1 or whatever. And Ty, you said earlier, if this is post uh, next year, years going forward draft picks, get rid of all of them. Just all of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, we listen, we love the draft. Okay? Love it. We love the draft. We have a huge draft spectacular this week. We're all juiced for it. You know, when your team has a first-round pick and you don't win the Super Bowl, like, that's the first thing you're looking forward to. But, but, Julio Jones is the kind of guy, I mean, he's like a Calvin John. He's a generational talent. You don't think a guy like that's ever going to be available. So, if you have this tight window where you can go win the Super Bowl right now, you have Aaron Rodgers. Why not give four, five, six, seven, eight first-round draft picks to get Julio Jones. Okay, so to get Julio Jones, if they deem it a pre-June 1 trade where this year's draft could be used in the negotiation bargaining chips would be this year's pick, the dead cap is 23250000 for Atlanta, I Dang, believe. a lot of money. Okay, if it's a post-6-1, the 2021 dead cap is $25 million. 2022 dead cap, million. Oh, that's for a release. Sorry, let me get past that. 2021 dead cap post 6-1 trade, 7.75 million. And then 2022 dead cap, 15 million. Uh, So you kind of just kick it down the road or whatever. So it feels like if you go post June 1st, that is very, very easily done here for Atlanta. Just deem it post. They're going to make moves. It yeah. feels oh, yeah. like Julio's going to be, where's he going? There's no way he ends up at the Patriots. I think there is a chance, but, you know, honestly, the more I think about it, just anybody but the Chiefs. Do not let the Chiefs, like, make this happen, or it's over. It's The season's already done. What if the Bucks figure out somehow? Oh, uh, you think they in division? In the division. Jeez. Oh, man. In the division, Tampa tells them, because uh, B.A., you know, in light the way we know they think about draft picks. Like, fucking like we ain't gonna be around six years. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you our next five ones. How about that? You want five first rounders? Fucking Ooh. take them. Here you go, pal. And they're all gonna be hopefully thirty to thirty-two. Yeah, right. Twenty-nine to thirty-two. So if you're Tampa Bay, you get Julio on the team, and you you have that Mike Greenberg contract guru guy who's uh-huh. able to somehow sign everybody to these deals that are either voidable or signing bonus based, and it's just like, hey, how you doing? Keep it moving. It's almost like it's a varsity team. It's gonna be, continue to be just older guys want to go down to Tampa, want to play some football. Just give us ten million in signing bonus. That's cool. Pick up another. $10 million, make our salary smaller so the salary cap is down, pay whatever. If they can somehow do this for the next five 
to 10 years or whatever, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just give up potentially? Just, yeah, take four future ones. I don't give a fuck. Well, wouldn't you assume, like, obviously a lot of teams are very cap-strapped right now, but if a guy like Julio Jones is available, aren't you doing pretty much whatever you can in your power to make room for him? We have to remember that every wide receiver and corner that is asked, who's the best wide receiver or corner in the game? The wide receiver is going to say themselves, which they should, by the uh-huh. way, and then immediately go like, well, Julio Jones is in his own. <laughs> yeah. And they literally, everybody just says, well, Julio Jones is in his own. But other than that, it's like uh, Tyreek's up there. Devontae Adams is up there. Uh, Nuke, uh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is up there. Like everybody has like a similar batch, but it feels like everybody goes like, well, other than Calvin Johnson is what they used to do. Other than Julio Jones, it's like this conversation. I feel like that happens with Julio Jones. Now, there's probably some people who hate Julio Jones in the wide receiver position, but I think everybody very much understands that he's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody else, it seems like. He's a defensive end that plays wide receiver. And the fact that the Falcons have been out of relevance for a little bit now, because that's been the Saints division ever since, obviously, 28-3, I feel like people have forgot. This is just like Matthew Stafford, and it's a much different conversation, but Matthew Stafford was held in in Detroit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say hostage. Like a but prisoner. Pretty close. He yeah. was held hostage in a city of irrelevance in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving, everybody got to see him. And you know what happened every Thanksgiving? Matthew Stafford. Oh, unbelievable. Man. That's, all, all that's all anybody said. Matthew Stafford's unbelievable. And then as soon as Thanksgiving Day is over, it's like, all right, fucking Lions are never going to be on television again. <laughs> and if they are, it's going to be against Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to do what Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah. So now that he's in L.A., I think a lot of people are going to be like, Holy fuck. And I think since people have potentially forgot about Julio, that situation could happen again, especially if he's going to a new place where he has to, quote unquote, prove himself again mm-hmm. and kind of get refreshed and comfortable. I mean, he remember a couple years ago, well, he deleted Atlanta Falcons stuff from all That's his right. Instagram. Uh, 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 right. <laughs> the Rams would be a perfect place for him, too. Yeah. Speaking of Stafford, add him to that McVay offense. It's- Do they have any money? I, I thought they cleared so. a lot from the golf. Really? But also they, they had to pay a lot for the golf. Yeah. yeah. They gave up a lot for it. Yeah. Yeah, but they did get. Now, granted, there's a place that goes three future ones, two future. We don't right. get, Hey, yeah. just forget it. Hey, how do you. Because I don't know if they'd be able to get Julio because of the future ones that they gave up for Matthew Stafford. But what if they were like, all right, how about uh, 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2029? Yeah. First yeah. rounders. Mm-hmm. Okay, deal. Cool. Yeah, we'll fucking deal with that later. That's or, literally what NFL teams are doing, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll fucking deal with that later. Everybody's like, you ought to play, gotta play chess, can't play checkers. It's like, I feel like Tampa, Kansas City, a lot of teams right now are just trying to jump over King Me Now, bitch, and then mm-hmm. just get back on the other side of the board. I, I feel like there's a potential going to be a very, even Bill Belichick. Want full oh, checkers. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm buying all my talent. Let's just bring go. it in. We got to get good right now. I, I don't care what's going on. It, it, that's why people are saying the Patriots look for them to make a move in yeah. the draft. I guess the Patriots are potentially going to get Justin Fields now, uh, people are saying. Because as Justin Fields continues to fall, because uh, a lot of people are reporting this morning that Justin, Field, or Justin Fields is out of the Niners race. It is allegedly just Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And I guess personnel in the 49ers are pushing for Trey Lance. I would assume Shanahan is maybe then pushing for Mac. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how this thing's going to go. And I don't know how all this information's getting out. I would like to know where this information's coming from. Who are the Smoke leaks? Screens. Who's leaking? Yes, yeah, this all lie? Is Justin Fields locked in at three because of this report? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. maybe that, that is a very maybe thing. 
Uh, but if Justin Fields is to fall, allegedly they're reporting a lot of people are going to try to make some moves to get up there. I mean, they, you can't let that happen. You simply cannot let that happen. It makes no sense. I don't know how we still are looking at, like, two weeks ago, he was the odds-on favorite to go third to the 49ers. Like, what has changed in the last week after he's already had his second pro day? He hasn't really done anything else. Like, what has changed that's ca- causing him to slip now? You know... I have no idea. <laughs> Same thing as before. Every time I read one of these reports, though, I give, I'm like, who's saying it? Uh-huh. Is this a decision maker that's saying this? Then we watch um, we watch Schefter's uh, little doc thing. Yeah. Yep. Schefter made a social doc, a little mini doc, where he asked coaches and GMs about trades and stuff. And I, it was very well done by Schefter. Oh, yeah. Very oh, yeah. Well done. Boy, hey. But all I was doing in there was just looking at the people and trying to get like a little mental check. Like, okay, so this is, these are the people that obviously have a relationship with Schefter here. Yeah. Okay, so when Schefter says something, let's go ahead and go through this video here and see, oh, who's all in it? Bingo, bango. All right, so what, for future notice, whenever he reports on something, that's potentially who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that is accurate at all, but it's hard not to watch a Shefty doc, which is very well done, yeah. and be like, oh, this must be all Shefty's people. And I'd assume that is something that is forever going to happen with Schefter and all these other insiders as well. Well, and that's what made me think of last week when Schrager had the Lions trading out of the top 10 because you know his connections with McVay, the new Lions GM being under the McVay umbrella, you would think that would be the spot where the Patriots would try and make a move at seven because you don't think the Bengals or the Dolphins but are going to go in QB. front of Denver, who's yeah. potentially going to look at quarterback. Yeah. But is Denver going to try to then hop up yes. one or two? I mean, our draft spectacular on Thursday is packed with big guests. Huge. Oh, yeah. Big guests, okay? Massive. But I think there's going to be some big moments on that board. Hey, oh, yeah. I think that board's going to be dancing. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. I think the board's going to be dancing as it stands. Jags with Trevor Lawrence, one overall. Now, there's a lot of conversation in Peter King's article, I believe, Mm -hmm. or maybe Albert Breer's. I apologize. You both do incredible work, but right now it's kind of blending together. It is either Football Morning in America with Peter King or Monday Morning Quarterback with Albert Breer, where Khan did an entire conversation, basic sit down about the hiring process of Urban Meyer. And Khan, I did not know, was a graduate of University of Illinois. Okay, I did not know Shut that. Up. I learned that uh, uh, out of the article. But then he said, with his relationship to the Big Ten, he always followed closely of Urban Meyer, and he ran into him in a couple things. Because like, is he like a massive donor back at Illinois? It sounded like Khan is potentially either involved with the Illinois sports pretty well, or is thinking about it. But he was almost going to Urban Meyer for like uh, ideas or like as a confidant. And then that conversation obviously turned a little bit. So whenever there was early reports that Urban Meyer was talking to Khan, which definitely were out there, I think Khan and Urban Meyer potentially just thought that was just like an ideas session. And then Khan, just like they did in, uh, was that Full Metal Jacket? Where the uh, the drill sergeant guy yep. was oh, yeah. brought in to teach the actor how to do the drill sergeant, yep. and they were like, "Nah, fuck it, we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. this guy use the actual drill sergeant." Yeah. Actual, it feels like that's potentially what happened with Con and Urban, where he was like asking him for ideas and like some like maybe, "Hey, you have some thoughts on this or opinions?" And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, "What? What? 
What about you, man? You yeah, fuck it. Yeah. You want to? Hey, I'll build you a whole new building. You know, yeah. Urban Meyer, by the way, probably thought the conversation was going that way early and was starting to set seeds. You know, plant seeds in there. Like, probably gonna need a new building for the guy. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. you know, probably gonna need a mansion right there on the beach, probably for the guy. Yeah, you know? Weight room kind of stuff. Yeah, the odd the weight room needs to be changed. Also, uh, we have two pools, but maybe we add some fans in there. How's maybe that add sound? some more stands. Huh? That's probably what that guy's thinking, though. Urban probably knew. They yeah, probably yeah. knew. I guess this has been a a pretty long relationship, though, that I think they feel very, very good about the moves that they've made they've been investing in things they get trevor lawrence who's going to be the new face of the organization it feels like the jaguars might get this shit right by the way and if they do that's a big deal for i think duval county down there because the jags haven't been relevant since what fred taylor yeah pretty fred much taylor, I, I think and brunel they have not been relevant in a long time down there i saw it was in that same article it was very interesting because uh in like to your point about shad khan going back and asking urban for his advice he was under the assumption i think that they weren't gonna have the the first overall pick no matter what and he was like you know hey which quarterback should i should i look at and urban was like very bullish on hey you need to look at zach wilson like he's another guy because you know he was he was wondering why ohio state produces so many good players but not so many great quarterbacks and i guess that's when you know like urban was he was basically saying like well you know if you guys aren't going to get the number one overall pick you really need to look at this zach wilson kid he's you know he's next level which was surprising i guess to uh, I would assume Khan and everybody that read that because everybody just assumed Urban would have been like, hey, Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. But instead in that article, it does allege. Now, who knows if this is exactly how the convo went. Right. And it's hard to read uh, inference whenever you're reading an article like that. And maybe they talked about Justin Fields and then maybe he tagged it at the end like, hey, also, you should look at the Zach yeah. Wilson. So we're not 100%. But you got to remember, Urban was doing that college football show right. with Fox on Saturday's uh, Big Noon Big Noon kickoff. kickoff. Yep. Now, he took some shots at, at me. Yeah, yeah he did. I wasn't even getting paid by that show that I was, <laughs> and I'm taking, you know, I'm taking shots. But watching him, you know, dissect college football and everything like that, I would assume if you're con, great guy to ask actually For sure. about what you think there. Now, I don't know how many. I mean, Alex Smith is a hell of a player. Uh, Tim Tebow. I was his quarterback down there in Florida, most notable. I don't know if he made it in the NFL. The Ohio State quarterbacks, obviously, all the stories around there. So maybe, maybe Urban Meyer knows what it what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, but he didn't think it necessarily fit his offenses as well. But I, Trevor Lawrence seems like a can't miss. Yeah, right. It seems like it. Seems by all accounts, it seems like he's a can't miss. What if fucking Jacksonville becomes a becomes a wagon? Yeah. What if the Jacksonville Jaguars become a wagon? And this is why the draft is so important, right here, because there's a chance that the Jacksonville Jaguars, once they sign Trevor Lawrence and you know hear them talk in a conversation, he's going to be down in Clemson with a home cam. I guess there's 13 players going to the draft. Everybody else will be on home cams. Shout out to everybody who said I ain't going to your little song and dance out there. (laughs) Uh, But I do appreciate the players that are going because I'm pretty pumped to, you know, see the draft again. There's an entire article. Peter King, I believe, talks about what the draft's going to look like. It'll be uh, 50,000 people. There'll be two different groups, one vaccinated group, one non-vaccinated group. He'll be sitting in between the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in in the stadium, you know, the way they're dressing it up. It should be an absolute spectacle. What did you say back there? There's some... 
see the updating betting, betting odds on number three. Yeah, let's do it. There's so updated betting this odds is where on they were last Monday. Number three overall, April fourteenth, minus two seventy was Mac Jones, uh, plus two hundred was Justin Fields, and Trey Lance was at plus four seventy. Now all of a sudden, Justin Fields is minus one twenty five. No, oh Colorado no, no. Project. Okay, that yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care Ready about this? this. Yeah. Okay, so now Mac Jones minus two fifty for the Niners overall. Trey Lance plus one ninety five. Justin Fields plus six fifty. We all could have made really good money just a week ago. Oh yeah. Jeez. And the week before that, we could have made some good money. Yeah. Hindsight. Could have done it. Go back to those odds real quick. Minus two fifty. It's over. Oh yeah. That's all she wrote. Yep. Unbelievable. Isn't it kind of weird they traded up and they didn't have a guy? Like, they went up to three without knowing, like, hey, we really need to How do to you know they didn't yeah, have a guy? Yeah, they might have had the guy the whole time. Well, I guess just because of the debates, because of those odds bouncing yeah, that's up and down. That's yeah. not them. <laughs> Shanahan the whole I mean, time. Look what just came out. that uh, It just allegedly came out that the 49ers personnel was pushing for Trey Lance. Yeah, and in that article, it does say Shanahan is really high on Mac Jones, and everybody else is telling him Trey Lance. So then I, I, the sports books are probably like, well, who's calling the shots over there? Shanahan is. Okay, so this is the one it is. Oh, but Jones. also, we don't know if any of this is real. Yeah. Sportsbooks, let's assume, if they move something to, to minus 250, they have something that they believe is very, very firm. But all this nonsense and conversation that has been happening for the last two, three weeks, all could be bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And we'll cover it all on Thursday. Draft Spectacular starts 730 Eastern Standard Time. Woo! Can't wait to rock. We got some big guests. Uh, last Friday, SmackDown. First time Vince McMahon was in my ear. Yeah. Yeah, first How week. Was it? First week of SmackDown. He was not there. Um, this week he was there. Got to meet him. So I had, we should actually, this will be something here. I think this will be a clip that people will talk about because it is pretty big deal in the wrestling world, not talking everywhere else. So my first SmackDown, obviously I was excited to be there, was pumped to be there. Everybody asked me how it went afterwards. I told them, you know, made a lot of mistakes, but had a blast, everybody was so hospitable. And then the immediate follow-up from anybody that was in the wrestling business was, uh, what, what, how, what was Vince McMahon like? Yeah. Uh, because he is known to be potentially somebody that works with the commentators. He was once a commentator mm -hmm. and a very good one at that. And it's his company. You're kind of the mouth of the show. You're a commentator. It's a pretty big deal. I was like, oh, Vince wasn't there actually the first week. And everybody was like, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it didn't even count is what everybody said. It didn't even yeah. count. You, you didn't even you didn't even do a SmackDown is basically what everybody said. It kind of like they're like, tell us how it is after next SmackDown whenever he's there. I'm like, you got it. So. There's a little bit of nerve. You know, there's a little bit of anticipation here. Uh, I've done a lot of research, though, on this man. Oh, yeah. Okay? I've watched a lot of documentaries around the wrestling business because I love the wrestling business and I love documentaries. So when you hear stories from behind the scenes and things that happened and then they start talking about different people, I try to use it as a sponge, you know, because I, I hope to one day meet a lot of these people and it's nice to have a little bit of a background on why they are who they are. Now, granted, never got to meet the legend, Roddy Piper. Learned a lot about him last night. Yeah. Okay, it was awesome on A&E. They've hit two home runs with the Steve Austin one and the Roddy Piper one. But every time I watch Doc, uh, especially in the wrestling world, I try to pick up some things, information on people that I might, you know, one day meet. Always heard Vince 
firm handshake. Oh. Okay, I always heard in the documentaries, I picked it up in a couple, I, I don't remember exactly where, but there's been conversations where people are like, firm handshake on them. So I'm like, okay, got it. Then they're like, you know, the classic, uh, I was told by a couple people, including somebody uh, that operates with us on a regular basis, like, hey, when he's talking, don't feel obligated to like nod or anything like that, because there's a chance, you know, he'll start thinking maybe you're not even paying attention. And he is, his conversation, he is 100% invested in you when he's having this conversation because he's got a lot of other shit going on so when he's doing it just try to be in the moment you know and i'm like oh i live in the moment like, <laughs> Here we go. hey hi, i'm gonna be great so uh he has obviously a lot going on with the wwe right now a lot of conversations happening me and michael cole waiting to go in there and meet him got to meet him before we go in there and i'm like yeah yeah we do yeah we do we got to go in there. i go in there okay I get called in after waiting like uh 15 minutes probably he had to handle something else going on i walk in there he looks awesome swagged out i mean we're talking suit up there Ooh. great fit. i mean he had a great fit swagged out st standing up at the time and uh he goes pat i think he said my name and then uh i go mr mcmahon and i come in with the you know oh, i'm coming oh, yeah. for it i'm mm -hmm. coming for it and he goes vince right before we make contact or whatever <laughs> good shake and then let go you know i'm like huh First test. Yeah, well, passed. First test yeah. passed. I feel like we had great, great web to web too. Yeah, that's you important. know what I mean? Good eye contact on it. Right before he says Vince, so we do the whole thing, you know what I mean? I was like, uh, I was like, well, Vince, I know you don't like to be complimented, which is something else that I've heard or whatever, because with all that this dude has accomplished, I'd assume he gets sick of people being like, thanks for doing this, thanks for doing this. Now, he catches a lot of hell as well, which is going to happen when you're, you know, the founder of a publicly traded world billion dollar thing. I was like, I know you don't like to be complimented, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say, and I told him like a thank you, you know, for everything, like the decades of entertainment and all oh, that yeah. shit, you know. Yeah, definitely a kiss-ass moment, but uh, also something that I would like him to know. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you don't hear this much, but like, hey, thanks for like, Everything and also this opportunity, and he was like, uh, uh, "No problem." He like gave a quick laugh or whatever, and then uh, he kind of told me a couple of things real quick. Uh, made fun of Cole, kind of buried Cole, nice. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, "Appreciate you know." And I go with fist bump back, okay. Ooh. So I didn't know if he was a fist bump guy or not. Left hand comes out of pocket. Good, good. Oh, good pop. Good pop. Yeah. Laugh. Walk out. Whole thing about forty five seconds to a minute and ten seconds. Feel like we hit a home run though. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Came out, you know, came out the other side. I was very excited. So obviously, walk immediately out. Foxy has the camera on. Uh, we do a full thing. It'll be a part of the vlog or whatever. Then we go down uh, to ringside. Show's about to start, and have the headphones on. And uh, I'm talking to Cole. I'm like, I think that went well, right? Like, does that? Is that <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, it went good. Yeah, yeah. But Cole's got seven thousand things going on, <laughs> so he's like, kind of the guy who has to kind of direct everything that's going on on air, obviously. So he's got so much going on. So I'm like, hey, man, fucking, is that normal? Is that like the fist bump thing? Will you tell me if that's like, how about how he laughed? Like, is that something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know where this guy feels, how this guy feels about me. Then he dropped into my ear. And, uh, you know, he said something that was pretty hilarious. I laughed, you know, and then Cole said, has, uh, has he come into your ear? I was like, yeah, he's like, you're good then. And I was like, me and Vince. All right, let's go. Are we best friends? Woo! So then, you know, as the show goes on, he would drop in, you know, and then he would uh, remind me of something or maybe tell me something in, in a hilarious fashion, which I would assume, uh, other, maybe other people wouldn't find hilarious, but I did find rather <laughs> hilarious. And then we get to commercial break, and I'd be like, golly, 
can't believe uh, that, that's on me or whatever. And it don't worry. You know, like there's like, yeah. it was literally like a voice of God in my head. And I feel like we had a good time. Now, I can ruin this, obviously, but I'm hoping not to. It was legendary to have a billionaire's brain <laughs> spill through his mouth into my ear on something he created. I just want to let you know, there's not a lot of moments you get to do that. Okay, you're not going to be able to sit at like SpaceX's launch. Yeah. On the actual rocket ship with Elon telling you exactly what the fuck is going on. Like, that is not something that's going to happen. Zuckerberg isn't going to have you potentially code Facebook for you. Like, that was something that I was, like, experiencing. That was like, this is absurd, right? Like, this is one of the dopest things I've ever been a part of. Now, it wasn't... It wasn't that I did great either. You know, it was like, it was just the fact that it was happening. I was like, man, this is fucking awesome. Uh, Still got a lot of room to grow, by the way, for the wrestling fans that do watch this. Uh, no, I'm going to continue to work. Like, hey, I'm going to continue to get going. I stepped on Cole a couple times and uh, can't do that. Got to let him work. Um, but man, I'm starting to really get comfortable with it. You're huh? second at bat. Yeah. Almost got my leg ripped off. Man, <laughs> oh, that yeah. was wild. Fucking Otis, dude. Hey, big body. Hey, big body. Coming at you. I love Otis, too. Especially this new Alpha Academy. I did not know that. He hits, I stand up. He hits that table. The chair, because I have stood up already, is already like kind of maybe like uh, lodged into the wall. Is that the word? Yeah. Uh Lodged into the word. So I couldn't move back far enough because it was because I stood up. I think Cole could slide and get out of the way since I had already, bang, (laughs) my leg just absolutely takes it or whatever. I think a less commentator probably gets his leg broken there, but uh, man, I True. and also I used to do those linebacker drills, That's right. Shit. the yep. cut drills, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yep. And it felt like I kind of did that. Boom. Boom. Excuse me. Let me get around the block. But I mean, and then somebody came, Dominic, I think, came flying over, and I thought he was coming back on the thing again. I mean, we're taking a lot of bullets down here. Yeah. That's a big body. Three hundred thirty-four pounds coming at you. Uh huh. Five foot. 10, 333 pounds, or 5'8", 333 yeah. pounds. I forget, they did a tale of the tape or whatever with him and uh, Ray Mysterio the week before. Yeah. And they did not show it to me before we went live on air. And it pops up on the screen. And obviously, Ray Mysterio has his, and he's he's an undersized uh, superstar in there. And when that, when I saw Otis, it was oh, like 5'8", yeah. maybe, awesome. 333 pounds. I was just like, what a human. This guy's a goddamn wrecking ball. Uh-huh. specimen. <laughs> People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No. Minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30, and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, Which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. (laughs) 
I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, maca, and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com slash USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, former teammate of mine, a Super Bowl champion, legend of a human. I'm not sure if you have heard of him, you're lucky. If you haven't heard of him, you 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 deserve this human in your life. Electric factory as a teammate and a human, and I think dad of the year since he has retired, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Walden. Yeah! What are you doing, man? What's up, brother? Where are you What's at? Up, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, you're out in the country, huh? Yeah, man, I ain't somewhere fuck, fuck Georgia. <laughs> How are you doing? How's retirement? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, man, you know, just the, the daily, try to do a little cardio, you know, a little workout, day-to-day care. Uh, make sure the family good, you know, and pay the bills. They come in every month. <laughs> hey, that's a big deal. Ewall, have you kept yeah. up with the NFL at all? Have you followed along since uh, since leaving the game? Because I know a lot of people sometimes are a little bit jaded with the game whenever they leave. Have you followed along? And what are your thoughts on the current state of everything? Well, I might have a little bit. You know, it's not the same. You know, we're not playing. But obviously, to you guys and, you know, Sports Center, I keep, you know, up to date with it. But, you know, it's – it's uh, what would I say? It's a finesse league, man. I feel like they took the, the intimidation factor. That's gone. You feel me? You got all these little bitty receivers running across the middle. With, you know, it's just different, bro. I'll say that. It's different. But it's very entertaining. It's definitely, you know, for the sake of the players. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you, you take a lot of the aggressiveness and physicality out of the game. You don't get the same product. So, but, hey. NFL, it, it is what it is, you know? Hey, you hey, that was changing towards the end of your career, though, right? I mean, you got a right. chance to kind of experience that entire change. What was the biggest part? Was it the new strike zone? Was it like there was a, you know, the rules that were prohibiting, you can't hit anybody? What was the one thing you think that was most difficult for players to overturn or to change about the way they played? And what was the thing maybe you didn't like the most? Was it the same thing, I assume? Um, I think, yeah, the strike zone, definitely. And, you know, how, how you usually crown your helmet. That's how we was raised to play football, use your helmet. Obviously, it's repercussions for that. <laughs> but at the same time, shit, you know what you're signing up for. So, I mean, how can you take that element out of the game? So, that, that was a little bit of a problem for me. But, you know, like I said, for the longevity of the players and the safety, 
risk. I totally understand it, though. Ewald, you uh, immediately upon arriving in our locker room were a leader. Immedi- I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as you got in the locker room, everybody was like, okay, uh, I have no idea who that guy is, but whatever he says, I'm fucking with it. It, it, was really, it, was really, it was really like that. And you're obviously a hilarious human and everything like that. But that locker room camaraderie, I think, is an X factor that doesn't get talked about a lot. And with this COVID protocol thing and the OTAs going virtually, I think one of the major fallouts of this whole thing is the potential like camaraderie of a locker room. Is that something you think that doesn't get talked about enough? And did you know that immediately upon arriving in our building and I assume everywhere else that you're going to have to, you're going to be a, like a locker room glue guy. Did you know that was uh, one of your responsibilities? Oh, uh, no, nah, I just, you know, you just go in and approach it and be yourself. You know, you want to lead by example, treat everybody the same. Okay. If it's the owner to the janitor, you know what I'm saying? You want to be the same person every day. And then that's what you miss the most though. I miss my brothers, the locker room. You know, we have a good time. Obviously we put a lot of work, spend more time with your brothers than your, your own family. So, it's just that bond and relationships, man, that you'll never forget. You know, you're always thankful for it, man. So that's why I cherish those relationships. Anytime they call picking up, man, it's, it's a brotherhood, man. It wasn't nothing that's just temporary because we just worked together. Like we really put a lot of time, investing a lot of time, hard work, a lot of pain, a lot of stress. But shit, it was all worth it, though. So thankful for the experience. Well, I was thankful to be in a locker room with you. You were fucking hysterical, okay? I mean, just as soon as it was, it was a, it was a light up. I mean, there was a run there. I think you had maybe the hottest three-month run I've ever seen a human have with words coming out of your mouth with instant hilarity following it. I mean, it was, it was every single time I saw you walk into a room, it was a fucking just home run quickly, just quick, some, either making fun of somebody very quickly uh, the dice on me obviously was electrifying everywhere. Yeah. It was just like uh, you were awesome. Now, you've been to a lot of different places. You won a Super Bowl, obviously, right. with Green Bay. Uh, you played uh, for us in Indianapolis. I did not know that you played for the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Seahawks. I did know that you went to the Titans. Was it similar every locker room you were in? Were you as tight with everybody? And was there some differences in some organizations that was very obvious between like, you know, this is why some places win and some places don't? Definitely. Definitely. Culture. All of them were totally different. I feel like they all added something. But like you said, the cultural difference is really be the shocker from, you know, comparing it to like Green Bay, place like Indy, you know, it's different. I'm just be honest. Kansas City, it's a little, you know, that was a hern term, so it was a little from Miami. It was different, but you can see them top franchises that win year in and year out. It's a culture shock, man. And so everybody, you can tell everybody on the same page. Everybody all in. You don't have no stragglers. You know, one foot in, one foot out. Got to be all in, man. So I think, you know, them franchises that had that longevity of winning and continue to win year out and year out. They, they kind of demonstrate how it needs to be done. And so you can, you know, get that formula in your building, should it give you at least a chance for success? Definitely.
don't you think like for instance they're talking about people's culture right now like this this team's culture is better than this team's culture i think that's hard to view from the outside other than just seeing if they're winning or not like i I honestly believe it's hard for me to just hear some shit and be like okay that locker room is obviously completely fucked because i have no idea because you don't know who's leaking what information is it somebody in the locker room by the way that isn't a good teammate because there are a couple people that are like that that is potentially leaking information do you think it's easy to judge whether or not a team's culture is good enough, aside from them winning or losing from outside? Well, that's like you said, that's kind of tough, man. But I think, like you said, go back and start with the leaders and kind of how, you know, the coaches treat their players. You're going to treat me like a grown man or you want to be on some dictatorship. <laughs> so it's really how the approach, you know, and how the, how the players kind of view that and receive that. So if you've you got good vets and kind of control, you know, the stuff the coach shouldn't even be worrying about, and I feel like you're in a good predicament. But if you got a coach that's trying to micromanage everything, then that can lead to disaster. And I don't been in some situations like that. You can't even really enjoy yourself until you get around your bros in the locker room. So you don't really want to be in a situation like that. You know, the, if you if you're really trying to win and make an impact and set a culture change, then you gotta have some solid vets that's dependable and you know, all the younger players and everybody kinda get along with them. I feel like that's the recipe. I talked about this. Uh, we're talking to Eric Walden, by the way, Super Bowl champion with the Packers. Uh, played long time in the NFL linebacker. Old school, hilarious football. Hey, listen. He's maybe going to headbutt a dude. Okay, that's going to happen. All right, that, that is going to happen. And then, by the way, he might be teammates with that guy just a couple years later. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is... <laughs> Oh, Great, man. Huh? Hey, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was you got to go where the suitors at. Well, hey, we'll give you that opportunity. You got to do what you got to do. I take care of them babies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but so, it's... You know, that was definitely... I ain't going to say it was challenging. It was different. I ain't going to lie. You know, being playing for the Colts four years, I really didn't see myself going to play for the Titans. Especially a team that didn't even come to your pro day now. And they're 30 miles from your school. I ain't oh, oh. They're behind me now. I put it behind me, but. You know what I'm saying? For real. I really didn't see myself going with the Titans because I was a, you know, the rivalry between the coaches. That's real. I'm loyal. So, But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Hey. Kind of responsibility and taking care of the fans. So. Hey. I'm thankful for it all, bro. 30 miles from Mid- Mid- Middle Tennessee State, huh? Then I didn't see a Tennessee Titans shirt. Damn. Mm, yeah. Hey, you got yeah. past that. We're past that. But hey, that. Hey, yo, we put that behind us. But I'm just saying. Don't forget, man. Yeah. Are you in Tennessee now? Is that where? Are you from Tennessee? Or are you Georgia? Are you... I'm in Georgia. I just went to school in Tennessee. Yeah, I live in Georgia. Mm-hmm. How'd you end up in Middle Tennessee State? Prop 48, baby. No grades. No school. All he want to do is play sports. <laughs> school, eat lunch. That's it. That was me. I'm playing all the sports. I'm eating lunch. I don't make seeds, so I'm eligible for everything. That's how. I, that was my mindset, man. I didn't really envision, you know, going to college and playing football. I wanted to, but I didn't really, really have that visual. And then, as soon as it started to kind of reveal itself, that was kind of the best opportunity. I didn't want to go to JUCO. I didn't want to go to prep school. So, you know, I was just like, man, I'm going to see what this thing got going on in Murfreesboro. And it worked out. And then the Titans couldn't even show up at Pro Day. Son of a bitch. I mean, this guy dedicated his life to football since he was a kid. Yeah. Go, go, we check. We on that gas money back. That ain't nothing. We'd have gave that back. We'd have gave that. Yeah, we'd have gave that gas money back. Just to come check us out. 
What's the, too much, man. Come on, man. What's Don't the per like mile that. rate? That's yeah. gonna be that's easy to pay back down there. That's easy. Thirty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's not even a half a tank. Eighty nine or eighty seven. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> ninety three. Ninety three. I can't get no ninety three, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's that jib fuel. No. I'm just saying. You know, you broke in college. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, oh yeah. Broke is a joke. Like, what are you gonna yeah. get into? Are you coaching now or what are you gonna get into? Are you gonna stick with the game? What do you think? Uh Man, I would, man. My back be hurt, man. I can't stand up 10 minutes, so I'm glad they demonstrate the individual drills. You know I mean? so, obviously, you know, I'm just, you know, investing in my kids, man. If they, my son, my oldest son play, my baby boy, he going to play, my daughter running track. So I feel like if I'm a coach, I feel like I want to spend that time with my son. I'm going to coach him and my sons and my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Away from the family like that, so. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, I just be on social media, be silly, pay these bills, a little entrepreneurship, a little invest, man, stay out of the way, take a few trips. Shit. Be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you you should be on social more. You should be on social more. I I just think your your day-to-day thoughts... Twitter was made for you. Twitter was made for you. Your day-to-day thoughts, just like the man, I, I, I think I've told you this on numerous occasions. I believe I've probably told you this. Like you would absolutely slow. Hey, when you're ready, and not hey, not forcing you. When you're you ready, put it in consideration. You know, guy, <laughs> you know, talking highly like yourself, you know. But I enjoy looking, watching you, bro. And, and obviously, DB, oh, you yeah. know everything, DB. I like keeping up with y'all, bro. Y'all give us some real. Influential information. I hear you just been real, bro. You've been down to earth, straight up since day one. I told you when I first I was like, well, you can go anywhere in the world. But don't folks go laugh at you. They're going to accept you because that's the kind of personality and the aura you give off, bro. So, you know, it's always much respect and love with you, bro. Man, Ewald, I appreciate that. Listen, that means a lot coming from you, too. So I appreciate the hell out of that. Ty, uh, there's a guy, Ty Schmidt here. Massive fan of yours. One of the owners of the Packers. You know, he spent money on uh, the Packers. Yeah, he spent some money. Yeah, yeah. He's he's buying in there trying to get more and more. Ewald, Ty, what do you have? Ewald, you were one of my favorite Packers of all time. It seemed like like every game you were either just collecting a couple bodies or making a big play, like a pick or a fumble recovery. Are there any games or like moments that stand out from your career after a while to just kind of blend all together? I appreciate you, Ty. Uh, man, you know, it, it started to blend together. You remember some, mostly you remember the plays you didn't make. That's kind of like all the sacks I missed and the opportunities I didn't make. Them are really the ones that stick with me the most, you know, being personal. But Green Bay, hell of a city. Hell of an organization, man. I ain't seen a blade of grass in that locker room since I was there. <laughs> sure, everything the same way every day. I, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Now that's first class. If you gonna do it, you gotta. That's the pattern. I, you will not see a piece of dirt, grass, none of that on the floor, in your locker, none of that daily. Well, that's because you gotta drive. I ain't never seen no <laughs> That's because you gotta drive from the practice field all the way back to it. It gets lucky in the car. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. No trash. No tape. No tape. No, it's gonna be where it be. Your shirt hung up. I ain't never seen nothing like that, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. No tape. No tape anywhere. Huh? No tape anywhere. Nothing. Nothing. No tape, bro. Not no exaggeration. No tape. No dirt. Blade of grass. Candy wrapper, none of that. You walk in, I swear. Every day, too. Helmet over here, shorts over here, shoulder pay. 
every day, man. First class. Hey, and what and it was awesome too. Don't get it. all the organizations were awesome, but that's what I noticed about Green Like, man, top flight. Hey, what point? Indy top flight. Hey, yeah. at what point? What point did you at Green Bay? You were like. Man, there ain't a fucking. <laughs> At what point was it? Was it like your first week you were there? Was it like two weeks? Was it like three weeks? You were like, you know what? I haven't seen. <laughs> At what point did you realize yeah. it with Green Bay? Man, as soon as you get there, they say you got to go to two hours to go to Milwaukee to see something. That's great. <laughs> it's too cold for that. <laughs> two hours and below zero oh, to see something. Connor, what Eat, do you have? Restaurants, dining. You did have the casino. Was cool, but shit, they gonna smoke you out of that mother. I'm gonna sit in there. You can't even sit in there. But other than that, man, it was a great town, great people. They treat you like kings, though. It don't matter if you're the first man on the roster or the fifty-third. Like they know your name, where you went to school, your stats. So that that, that really caught my attention, man. It's a different kind of love out there. That's awesome. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Eric, we were talking about the locker room earlier. Was there ever a point where you gave Pat a run for his money in ping pong or cornhole, or was it always just him clean sweep everybody out there? See, I was trying, you know, we had to get Pat on them dice. We yeah. Had Pat on them <laughs> dice. yeah, they did give me a look up. Um, well, listen, we had the whole team on the dice. And so his friend kind of broke it up. I don't know what kind of relationship they had. You know huh? what I'm talking about. Who? Huh? You know, old you know, your buddy. My dog, I, I, I don't care what y'all say. Brent's my dog. I know y'all <laughs> my dog. Shit, he brought me in. I don't care what y'all say. I'm full with Brent. Yeah, yeah, you keep it up. I'm full with you too, Pat. I'm full with Brent. That's the truth. He brought me in, man. Hey, Great. you are a great signing, right. actually. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah. But, you know. But, yeah, we used to try to get Pat to play dice, though. I ain't messing with that ping pong. I knew he was the truth. So I ain't, ain't going to donate to his foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Hey the, dice, hey, the dice yeah. games. Hey, the dice games were awesome in there until they got shut down. They were so awesome. I think that's why they got shut down or whatever. But boy, it was some fan. Hey, I'm not going to say no. Hey, down on the ground, punching the ground every single time he rolled. Incredible football player. Led the NFL in tackling there for a little bit. Then obviously when, uh, when Fofo Bulldog comes in, I mean, it was, hey, those were electrifying moments in our locker room. <laughs> they really Classy, bro. Yeah. Classy. Like, that's, that's what you miss the most. Like I said, the locker room and being around y'all, man, we just have a good time. It don't matter what you got going on in your personal life. You step in that locker room, man, none of that shit matter. You know, and it, it was like that for all the other players. Everybody got their own problems. It seemed like it was a place of, you know, you could escape. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm most thankful. And that's what you miss the most. You what? Know, so. Hey, I'm lucky you came on this show, man. I think you should do that more often. Uh, if having me, bro. Oh, we would love. Hey, anytime yeah. you want to come on. Any- y'all call me anytime, but y'all good. Y'all come to Georgia. I'll pick y'all up from the airport. Y'all <laughs> Listen, right. Hey, we can't go down there because you got that sorry ass service out there. The thing is froze like 15 yeah. times yeah. out there. You, you right? Want- you right? <laughs> You're absolutely right, man. But hey. It would, get a chance, man. It would be an I appreciate y'all having me on, though, definitely, bro. Hey, appreciate it. no problem. It'd be an honor to come down there and hang out, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion Eric Wall. Yeah! Appreciate y'all, bro. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah! AJ, how you doing, dude? What's all over your hands? Oh. What, what just happened? Ew. Oh, what is that? Oh, yeah, okay. Makes sense now. 
what? Nothing for yeah. I uh, I punched my little vent fan. I like a uh, fan in the ceiling. And I was just punching it because it was making some noise. I'm trying to hit it, and I guess some of the uh, cigar ash that's stuck to it is on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. I figured out what it was. <laughs> that was drilling his hand. <coughs> yeah. You just couldn't take it anymore, huh? That thing was making too much noise yeah. up there. <laughs> It was it was like humming on me, like this high pitched hum. I can't take so I just, it with you. <laughs> I'm kind of sweaty because I was I, I went around <laughs> my monitor. I was punching it right before the, I picked up here. How <laughs> many how many months have you been punching around that vent to try to make it quiet, or is this a very new problem that you found? This is it's actually very new. This is like the second oh, time. Oh, it's not happening. It's about to it's it's starting to make me go crazy a little bit because it picks up at random times, which really bugs me. Well, what do you have? You have one of those cigar things. No, I mean, I, like I, I'm like i in an attic. It's a, it's like a, you know how you're ba- you have a bathroom fan over your toilet? It's like that, but probably three times as strong. So you have a, uh, a thing for your cigars. Yeah, yeah. a cigar thing. A cigar thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, it's nothing special, though. And then I have like a... It has uh, a name, though. What is it? Because cigar too. bars have these things. And when you smoke walk... Smoke eater? In, what's that? A smoke eater? I'm not, is that what it is? I don't know. You walk into a cigar bar, they want to tell you about how many of these things they have in there so that you can smoke a cigar and not smell bad, basically, mm-hmm. is what they promote. What's smoke a, eater checks out. Okay, so that, that you walk in, they go, hey, we've got 10 smoke eaters right around here. <laughs> so you have one of those in your house, a smoke eater? No, like I said before, I have a bathroom fan that's just more powerful. <laughs> What's the difference? AJ. A smoke eater takes the air and cleans it. That's what a smoke eater does. See if I feel. See if I feel. CFFL, please send Stooge Hawk a smoke eater system. I, I don't know how we go about doing this. I've seen what's that? That'd be, it's very nice of you. Thank you, Phil. If you do want to, if you want to do that, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do that. Uh, that would be how how long is that going to take for you to put in? It feels oh, like it's just a pop. How much is it? The very nice one's two thousand bucks. Okay. Don't get that one because AJ five will be overall pick. Yeah, I mean, listen, number AJ, five overall pick. By you, the way. Once again, AJ's being a cheapskate. He <laughs> smokes 150 cigars up there a week, and he's got a goddamn bathroom fan blowing in there. Get a smoke eater, he dude. Refuse knows that this thing exists. By yeah. the way, knows that this thing exists. Knows how many cigars he blows through every single day, and is like, looks up at the uh, the triple X bathroom exhaust fan that's potentially raining down ash on him now. <laughs> that we know that he goes now. Nah, not today. Not worth it. When is the smoke eater going to be <laughs> worth on. it, AJ? So I, I guess for for the show, I should just play into this and let you guys think that you you know anything of what you're talking about. You know what my setup is like, and I could get one of those smoke eaters up here, right? Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. Axel just walked right up there. Yeah. What's he, one years old? Come on. How difficult could it be to get a smoke eater up there? Just go ahead and drop, maybe get a crane. <laughs> yeah. Drop this son Ooh. of a bitch down. All right. Hey, maybe I'll call Tim. Maybe Tim can come uh, install it for me. <laughs> Well, it will get in there, but you'll probably lose some other shit. <laughs> Maybe Bill. B- uh, Billy yeah, Tubbs. Yeah, yeah. Bill, yeah. Bill yeah. would be able to do this yeah. perfectly, actually. I'm happy we got to this. Um, there's been a lot. Did you hear the conversation with Ewald, by the way? I assume he was electric in the Packers locker room as well. I, I did not get a chance to, to watch it. I'm going to go back and watch it. But, yeah, he Ewald was the man. Super physical. Talk about Cobra Strike. That's all he wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he actually said that. He said, uh, he actually said, you know, I was taught to tackle with the crown of my helmet, yeah. you know, and never see the entire attack was how the crown helmet tackling people were basically ruining football and ruining careers. That was like the angle. That was the narrative on it. That's why the heads up football came around and all this. And everybody, I mean, 
Eric Walden said it the loudest on this show today, but there was a lot of people that were like, I was literally taught to put my hairline underneath somebody's chin. I mean, that is just literally how we were taught to tackle. It's like, what do you want me to do now? Just, oh, I'm supposed to go like that. <laughs> now I'm supposed to. They changed football rapidly. I mean, very, very rapidly. And now I guess we're reaping the benefits of it with how wide open the game is and the younger players have been a part of this heads-up football program for longest. But man, there were guys back in the day that just absolute killers out there. And Eric Walden was one of them. And now the game's completely different. Yeah, it's different, but for him, for Ewall, like the heads-up tackling thing, a lot of his head-to-head contact isn't as much when he's tackling. It's taking on a tackle, whether the guy's like reaching him, trying to to, uh, to block him for a run play, or if he's setting back in a stance. Like Ewall, he knows how to set the edge, and the only way to set the edge if they're running at you is head and hands, man, and that head is hitting first, right, <laughs> hopefully on the chin of the O-lineman. Cobra strike. Yeah. A to the so, J. <laughs> the only way to, I honestly don't know another way to set the edge. So right now, if you if you were to be coaching and these heads up football programming is going on, you get you have the outside linebacker, defensive end, and by the way, no edge, no chance is the old, especially now with the RPOs. I mean, that is the old narrative. You being coach, being like, okay, what they want you to do is use your offhand and square. Okay, listen, this is what you got to do, right? You bury the crown of your helmet. <laughs> there's no other option you're saying and by the way you might be right there might be a whole different way of setting the edge and it might be all schematically these days as opposed to actually one player doing it right i mean your scheme can only account for so much pat you know that your scheme at some point you're gonna have to to be physical and set the edge and yeah sometimes you can just use if you have a great base and you see it coming yeah you can set the edge with keeping your head out of it but hey sometimes that dude fires out at you guess what like Pull up some tape of Ewall if you want to see how to set the edge. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome, dude. Um, the draft is now three days away, if my math is accurate. Thursday, April 29th, we'll have our draft spectacular, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Surprise guests in a plenty, by yeah. the way. Hey, pretty big name guest. AJ does not who know who any of them yes. are. Uh, we cannot wait for you to join us. Hopefully, Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern. Just have us on in the background. We'll yeah. be worth it at least one once or twice throughout the evening. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll go for it. AJ, more rumors, more chatter about the draft. There was a beautiful tweet that kind of uh, exploited the world that we're currently living in, which is smoke and mirrors by everybody who has a source. It comes from Ben V- Volan. Volan. Ben Volan tweeted this morning uh, before noon at 12.08. He actually tweeted this um, this tweet. It was very, very interesting, the oh, tweet yeah. that he tweeted out. Ben Volan, Volan is the guy's name, and he has been following along the same stuff we've been following along. Good work back there. So far today, Kuiper would be very surprised if Patriots didn't move up from 15. By the way, Mel Kuiper draft expert for 50 years at this point they just showed a highlight of him with four coaches five coaches ago in indianapolis an entirely different world he's still doing his thing a lot of connections everywhere todd mcshay pats are more likely to move back than up same company as mel kuyper obviously very different sources mcshay from that area does that change anything who knows peter king og in the game uh football morning in america author garage Garoppolo could be more available than he's been. Whoa. Yeah. Holy shit. 
Tom Pelissero's reporting. Patriots are trying to trade into top 10. In all of these different insiders' information from their sources sourcing things, that was all done before noon today. Uh The Thursday, April 29th draft start can't come soon enough. The amount of bullshit that we've had to follow along with has been immense, and here we are sitting hopefully on the doorstep of finding out what was real and what wasn't real, A.J. Hawk. I know there are people that do this, but somebody like compiles all of this stuff, don't they? And then they compare it after the draft to what really happened, and we try to like fact check on who was the most accurate. Uh, I assume there is at least four accounts that are doing that on the internet somewhere. We yeah. we do not personally no, do that. No, no, no. That doesn't sound like something our company would be good at, but somebody Matt, is going to do that. I bet Mitt could do it. <laughs> Mitt's got a lot of jobs. He's executive producer of a daily yeah, show, true. Daily yeah. Show Hammered Down. Yeah. yeah. He picked up a big title there. I don't know. But you're right. Somebody get the business cards out, Mitt. <laughs> Nobody uses those anymore. Okay. Especially Mitt's age. Mitt doesn't even know what a business no, card is. No way. He, he probably is. Is it like a player card? But for, <laughs> Gift card? NFT? <laughs> yeah, the FT is probably real, by the way. smoke it? <laughs> yeah, roll roll it. It. Hey, Mitt's, I was about to say, Mitt's business card would be one that could get rolled yeah. uh-huh. to smoke CBDs or vitamins for sure. Not a bad idea. I think that might be the only way business cars last, actually, at this point. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of bullshit, I guess. And what if, just like the Tua to Miami shit was getting pushed, uh, opposite, a hard opposite push the week leading up to the draft. Remember, Tannenbaum got on ESPN last year and said there's no way you can draft Tua within the top five. And he has a relationship with the Dolphins owner. So that automatically led to everybody thinking, oh, so who does he know? Who's he getting that information from? And maybe he was told that information by somebody, by the way, but the information was coming from somebody that wasn't a decision maker. Tua goes to the Dolphins. Exactly what had been talked about for months that got changed quickly ended up you know just happening is it going to be the same way thursday night i wonder with the whole mac jones justin fields zach wilson trevor lawrence i wonder if it's just going to be exactly what we've always thought or these last minute changes with trey lance coming all the way up to three potentially is this all going to happen aj I mean, I don't. There's, there's no way it can happen. Like just how we think it might happen, because everybody has a different opinion on what's going to happen. Basically, starting at three. Now, if something happened at two, and it's not Zach Wilson, then, then what happens? How then awesome! Everything- oh, oh my God! How awesome would that be if something just came in and just boom, just blew up everything earlier? It's like Joe, fucking Douglas, dude. <laughs> Out there playing poker with everybody. <laughs> now, why would you do that? <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Like, what do the Jets get out of that? Uh, aside from, you know, I guess just glee of yeah. just fucking everything up. I, I don't know what they would get out of it. But there's definitely a lot of strategy by people to, you know, lie about who's potentially what. Like, everybody said that, not everybody. I mean, I guess we kind of tried to push it hardest, but somebody else started it. That What if Belichick was spreading all the Justin Fields rumors? Yeah. Now there's two reports coming out. Now, listen, there's two reports that counter that those <laughs> reports, but there's two reports coming out that the Patriots are potentially interested in moving up and getting Justin Fields, who everybody for two years thought was the second best quarterback in this class and then all of a sudden that changed quickly and Bill Belichick's just sitting back there you hear all these idiots yeah he stinks he's bad he's bad tell everybody he's bad at football bad at football bad at football (laughs) they can get up to seven and get him before the Broncos have a chance to get him and that would be something that everybody would be like of course the stroke of genius of Belichick strikes again or whatever but that could happen right now that's legitimately could pop off on Thursday especially with all those mixed reports it feels like that is Belichick just hey let's smoke screen city today people think we're going up people think we're going back and then 
come draft day, hey, we're sitting at seven and we're getting our guy. That's like, you know, AJ, I think I saw you do this a lot. Some people say I do this. Walking into a room, you know, just asking one question and then just walking out of it. See you. And then just seeing, like, kind of <laughs> the reaction or whatever. You know, like that. It feels like that's potentially what Belichick's doing with the draft. Like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go ahead and just throw some boom, 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 pow, poo, pow. Yeah. And then just sit back. <laughs> this is awesome, isn't it, Kraft? Got him again. Yeah, this is what Tom Brady doesn't get to be a part of anymore. We just <laughs> shake all this shit up. And by the way, that could be completely true or complete bullshit at this point, AJ. Yeah, and nobody really knows, though, because there's so few people in these organizations that are going to actually like have final say in making the decision. So there's all the people around them, yeah, that can say, hey, this is what we've been talking about. The owner, the GM seem high on these people, but they don't truly know who you're going to take until that time comes. And it's hard not to just speculate for the next three days. Yeah. I don't want to do it because that's what everybody's doing, and that kind of sets us up to potentially look like a bunch of stages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be so many moments on Friday, and I'd assume Thursday night as the draft spectacular is going on where it's like, fucking knew it shouldn't have bought into that bullshit. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of that, I think, because it's going to be – it's tough not to kind of, you know, ride the waves of the information that's being presented to us at different times. And it's at this point, you got two insiders from the same fucking place that disagree on what's going to happen. Nobody knows at this point. How about with the draft? Um, What do you guys think when Colbert – Steelers GM came out this morning and was like, if a guy played last year and a guy chose to sat out next year or sat out sit out last year, we're definitely going with the guy that played last year. And then also he kind of basically said that there's no way they draft anyone who didn't play last year. Yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, we love the thought of <laughs> yeah. there will be no repercussions. No, 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 no. Love the thought of that. Like, hey, you do what you got to do for your own health. We're in a wild time then where eye contact – was potentially going to spread COVID, so don't even look a motherfucker in the eye. Yeah, okay? true. And guys opted out. Now, an entire season was played, very high levels, a lot of viewers, an entire, you know, an entire situ- uh, an entire season happened. And I would assume when the guys opted out at the beginning and they were told, hey, there'll be no repercussions, and they said they're going to do that, it was probably applauded by people around them. And I think, by the way, still to this day, I think it was, if you felt that was best for you in your situation, more power to you, nothing but love. I got respect for it, for sure, that you made that decision. But a lot of people did not make that decision, and the league went off without a hitch. So I would assume that the human aspect, which we talked about from the beginning, how the 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 statement is cool. The execution is going to be impossible, though, because humans are involved. Colbert just came out and solidified that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough game to say no to, he actually said. You know, we believe it's hard to sit this game out. Like, you know, that is something he's like, oh, so you don't have football, you don't want to play. We knew this was going to happen. Even though everybody said there'll be no repercussions, it's like, well, you don't know football guys then. Like, that is yeah. that is just not how this is going to play out. Well, we, we knew this would happen, but did we have any idea that any coach or GM was going to go public? And- <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, by the way. You, I hope, I hope, I don't. I have no idea how it all works. I hope he's not like open himself up for a lawsuit down the road or something. Absolutely, dude. Because that's why they make the statement that there'll be no repercussions to save themselves <laughs> for no lawsuits later. Now it's like, are they it's tough? Did he set himself up? Is this an accurate report? Ooh. Because why would Colbert say that unless he knew he wasn't going to get in some shit for? That's- but as he was saying, as I was going through us saying it. And then saying, now Colbert's actually saying it. I did think to myself, like, well, okay, we were right. Okay, yeah. thought we were right, but how many other people feel this way and why isn't everybody saying it? I thought I saw multiple people tweet that out, and they did have their first, like, in-person uh, press conference this morning, him and Tomlin, about the draft. So, 
Yeah, they didn't want to play. We don't want to play either. No thanks. Not here. <laughs> Not here, dude. I mean, we know Bill feels the same way. He got rid of basically every single person who sat out last year for New England. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of great players that sat out, obviously. So there'll be teams that say, "Hey, let's go and do this thing." But man, we knew there was going to be a human fallout of this whole thing, and that's like the human side of things. And it sounds like it is very real. It is yeah. coming. It is coming. <laughs> man, they probably. They felt so good about their decisions too. Whenever they, you oh, know, yeah. not easy. Maybe I have a, a newborn. Some guy, some people did, and I would assume situations are situational. But I bet a lot of teams were like, I would like to hear. I would like to hear why they did. And remember, they just came out with a memo that said, unless there's a bona fide yeah. religious or medical reason for something, I forget what it was. I wonder if there was a lot of the NFL teams that were like, I, we would like to hear why you opted out of this entire thing. And I assume there's a lot of legit reasons. And then I assume there are some reasons that make people that make decisions go, I don't want that right. Here. Not good. Hey, by the way, they said that wouldn't happen. That's just how we all knew the world was going to turn out, though. Obviously, not every team or GM thinks that way, potentially, because like you think with like a guy like Jamar Chase coming in who did sit out last year, but they talk about like how good his tape was with Joe Burrow, that at some point it's just like, okay, well, this guy's too talented. To- yeah. Which, by the way, is that fair that if you're good and you sat out, then it's not a big deal? And if you're not as good and you sat out, it, is, it will be made a big deal? Right. It's not fair. Life's not fair. <laughs> uh-huh. That's business, baby. That's, that's, profe- that's professional sports. Like, have fun. That's, that's how it works. That's how it works. And, and by the way, one of my favorite pregame speeches I've ever heard is from Bruce Arians. And he said, hey, this motherfucking game is a five-star game. Okay? Our five-star players have to beat their five-star players. Okay? Everybody else just don't fuck it up. <laughs> then he would go to uh, the next the next week, I forget what it was, and he would say, this is not the five-star game. Okay, we kind of counter counteract each other. This is everybody else going to have to go win this game. Like, let's go do it. And I, I like, thought to myself, and I was like, hey, fucking right. Yeah, it yeah. is. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, Andrew, you got to go get this. Thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Andrew, you got to go get this. It was, it was very real, and that's very much how – you know, professional sports are. It's just the the fact of the matter. It's a business. It is not high school sports. It is not college sports. It is a business. Cool game, a game we all love, is in the middle of it. But, you know, a big thing around it there is just greedy corporate facts. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Just, that's just how the whole thing works. And that's why, you know, 49 million people can watch on a Sunday, though. So it's kind of a win Win loss, two sides of a sword. Which one do you want to go with? It's like that prospect's mom who was, you know, doing the interviews for him, and the team had to tell her, like, hey, hey, lady, this isn't him picking us. We're picking him now. So, and by the way, we're not drafting you. I mean, maybe (laughs) you got any film, then send it over. We'd be imagine if the team did that. Forty times. I would get on the bench press. Oh, and then by the way, you record that, send it out publicly. Mm -hmm. That's still fucked up that that happened. No other team has done it, right? I don't think so. And the Cowboys have not done it again since that day? No, I, don't th- I do not uh, think so. So I wonder if more people had our opinion on it. Like, did the, did the guys know they were being recorded and going to be potentially exposed here? And if you do that, do you expect everybody to be truthful with you going forward? Probably not, AJ. No. There's, I mean, I would, I would think their agents had to know before. Like, they had to reach out to the players, their agents, somebody, and tell you, hey, this, this possibly could be used as a social clip, some things you say in here. Yeah, they would have to, right? Maybe. I, I mean, I guess maybe not. I don't know. They don't. I don't know if it's a probably not a legal thing. Maybe you would think just like, hey, like ethics, morals. You wouldn't want to put it out. Uh, let's go to Justin in Maine. What's going on, Justin? Business ethics. <laughs> okay. 
Maybe I can drop that. Justin! Oh, no. Justin! Maine. He's in Maine. Yeah, Maine's yeah. tough. Way uh, up there. Uh-huh. Give me a lobster money. It's Canada, right? They do got good lobster up there. <laughs> you saw it on uh, Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. Really Maine good. lobsters. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they get, made a deal with Barbara, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're doing really well. They, they turn it into a food truck business. <laughs> okay. They brought Maine lobsters worldwide. That's huge. Yeah, they're making a lot of money off it. Good for yeah. them. Barbara, good investment in that. Oh, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't get in the game a lot. She does not. She does, she does not. She is, she is a critical thinker on what she goes and what she doesn't. But when she does, success normally follows. Yeah, that's when you know, hey, yeah. that's a good product. She created Barbara's QVC? Mr. What? No, 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 no. That's, um, that, that's uh, Lori. Lori, yeah. And then uh, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, oh, Justin. Hey, 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 how you doing? How you doing, Justin? Oh, man? You guys ever talk about I'm that? Uh, good, yeah, you ever talk about that Maine lobster company that made a big time there because uh, of Shark Tank? You guys talk about that around the Maine woods or anything? <laughs> oh, yeah. We love Maine lobster. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is it wicked good up there or is that just in Massachusetts? Uh, it's wicked good up here. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. There you go. Hey, he's okay. it's like a Canadian Boston. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's got it. Oh, this guy. <laughs> hey, call in any time you want. When you call in, though, you know, just just answer when we say hello. That'd be great for everybody, <laughs> Justin. Minutes later. You know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm just really looking forward to this draft spectacular. And my favorite part last year was Mel Kuyper on the show. And I'm really hoping he can make a comeback this year. All right. Great question, Justin. We appreciate you. Is Mad Mel locked in for uh, Thursday Night Spectacular? Uh, I believe so. Really? I, yeah, I believe we do got him. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. The hell yeah. I believe there's been a commitment to the gimmick, too, for the last couple weeks <laughs> yeah. as well, right? Yeah, weeks, months, you name it. Yeah. You name it. And wait till this. Really? Yeah, Mad Mel's coming on Thursday night. Wait till you see him. Is there any chance that all, we're also going to have Jake Glazer <laughs> pop in here and there? Oh, it's interesting. We're actually uh, scheduling something yeah. there in between breaks. Actually, there just a few seconds ago, we we're scheduling some things. We'll see, know. he's a busy guy. We'll see. Yeah, he's got a lot to do. <laughs> hey, wait till you see. Wait till you see this. Wait till. You, I mean, I'm pumped for it now. We're. Hey, this is something we don't normally do. AJ, we are thinking ahead right now <laughs> right. for problems that could potentially come. This is not our game at all. No. Now we're doing it for this draft spectacular because the guests that are coming on. Are very big, yeah. Monumental. Okay, so let's let's have a let's have a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Thinking ahead, I mean, we might make it even. It might be a good show. It could be. <laughs> I think this so. Is the first time we've ever had any type of like pre-production or like even like, hey, gonna need graphics for this thing. You there know? you like, go. We're gonna need a couple. Hey, dirty went to work. Yeah, drawn Ooh. to the game. My dirty went to work. Wait, we got. Hey, we got jersey swaps. Put one of those up there, Foxy. We got jerseys on college football players that are. Gertie, dirty yeah, Gertie, yeah. mate. Look Best. at this. Oh, Are you kidding me? That's sweet. That's Zach Wilson. Look at him. He's even wearing his little uh, his uh, COVID uh, catcher thing around his neck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach Heller. You see that? Yeah. It's incredible. What the vibes are? Future? Is this a real show? <laughs> is this it. is this going to happen? Find out Thursday, April 29th. Is this <laughs> the next view that Jets fans will have for the next? 20 years of being a Jets fan, possibly. Maybe. Possibly. What else? What? Oh, oh, my. Is Mac Jones going to be a 49er? Is this what Mac Jones' Instagram looks like on Thursday night and going forward? Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, my oh. God. Kyle Pitts is going to Atlanta. Are you serious? Oh. Number four overall? Is that because... 
Julio Jones is getting traded out because they need the salary uh, room so they can sign their players because they don't have enough money to pay the draft class that they have to draft that's coming up. Are they moving on from Julio Jones? And is Kyle Pitts going to be the guy in Atlanta at four? He'll be the first tight end drafted in the top five since 1972. All could happen on Thursday night, AJ. Can't wait. Can't I can't wait. wait either. Do you have a dress code that you're wearing yet, you know? I was trying to think of that. I think uh, I think Tux related. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I think Tux related. Here we go. Think For everybody or just you? What? what are you talking about? One team, one dream. What about the boys? What are all the boys wearing? One team, one dream. Tux probably. Tux related. Probably, yeah, probably Tux, Tux related. Tux related. Okay. It's a big night. Dreams are coming true. Yeah. Huge. I'll go to Men's Warehouse and rent one like a big boxy one I got married. Oh, nice. <laughs> Smart. Amazon makes some things happen, by the way. I was on her last night. I think we can get okay. some tux-related things quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeff Bezos wants us to have a good show. <laughs> Here we go, Jeff. We interrupt the show to tell you that when it snows on 420, you may have some lawn issues on your hands, which is why you need Sunday Lawn Care. Everyone wants to see their lawn thrive this spring, and you can do that with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. They take all the guesswork out and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, and the planet. Pat talked about his custom lawn care plan uh, that he looked into where he realized, you know, he was on a floodplain. So so maybe this is the type of thing you want to do out there. I checked it out, did one myself. I was trying to figure out, you know, why do I have so many dandelions in my front yard? What the hell is going on here? I need to figure something out. And I realized I love my Sunday lawn care. It was super easy to set up and it's even easier to use. And you can do the same. All you need to do is go to GetSunday.com, put in your home address, and their free lawn analysis tool will take care of the rest, all just in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. And Sunday is made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Pat to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Pat. Back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a 14-time world champion. His exact title is Executive Vice President of Global Talent Strategy and Development, the founder of NXT, Mr. H, Triple H. Yeah! 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 That's very exciting. Very, very exciting. The first one was so much better. You missed it, though. There was, <laughs> yeah. there was even a song going and everything, Mr. H. You seemed very animated when you were doing it. So. Yeah. It's a shame you missed that first one. The first one was definitely the best one. I don't know how this, uh, you know, it's all right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a very busy person right now. NXT has moved to Tuesday nights. How do you feel about it? How has it gone? Obviously, the shows are great. For your life, has that changed anything from Wednesday to Tuesday? Nah, you know, I mean, really, for me, it's uh, the difference between me making Monday nights and uh, staying here Tuesday and Wednesday to now coming in Monday, doing Tuesday, going home, and then coming back on Friday. 
It's really the only difference. Nice. Well, I've enjoyed seeing you down there Friday Night SmackDown, and I'll ask the question that everybody is thinking. Uh, haven't been fired yet. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't been fired yet, Mr. H. Thoughts? Uh, me uh, potentially having an open microphone on your guys' company? Uh, just... I, I was uh, on some of the gambling sites, and I have to admit that I went on the shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smart. But, uh, but I think you've uh, done a phenomenal job. I enjoy watching you not only uh, in the shows, but for me on the spy cameras, I enjoy the fact that you can't sit down. You're so into the product that you're up and yelling and just very excited. Animator, that's awesome. I almost got my leg broken by Otis. Sorry, AJ, go ahead. Uh, Mr. H, I want to know how how long do normal like people that have Pat's job how long do they normally stay in there? Like, what would you say the average lifespan is? Oof. Well, Ole's been in there a long time, but he's a rarity. You know, I think a few years at most. It takes a long time for people to get it. But the great thing with Pat is, we're not looking for Pat to be the sort of professional version of it we're looking for pat to be pat not that that's the unprofessional version but you know we're looking for pat to be pat well i think that is something that when i get a chance to work with you uh whether it was alongside cole at the kickoff show uh or at nxt and now you being at smackdown has been very cool is you know you hear horror stories about how you're potentially going to try to change everything i am did you just realize early like okay that guy's too stupid to be anything other than himself or is <laughs> is that a narrative that's kind of bullshit out there like hey we do want people to be themselves but in a in a certain way you think I think that there's a lot of times where people come in with a preconceived notion that this is what we want, that they've read it, they've heard it, they've heard people talk about it, they've heard other people come in and, you know, things didn't work out for them, so they said, well, they tried to make me something I wasn't. I, I don't I don't think that's what we do. We, we want people to come in and bring their own spin to it. And I think too many times people get caught up in the, well, this is what they want. It's not what we want. It's what we're trying to get people to. We're going to give advice and criticism. Uh, we're going to give direction. But it's it's more about just getting people to deliver what they want, still doing the job they need. Hey, what are some of the mistakes you see maybe young wrestlers that come in, they're trying to break in, or even like some commentators? Are there any like common mistakes they seem to always make, the ones that don't make it? A really big common mistake is wearing shorts at WrestleMania. <laughs> Those are tuxedo shorts. Okay, tuxedo, what? please. I got them hemmed. <laughs> um, I think by the time, for a lot of people, they again, what Pat said, they come in thinking this is what they want. This is what WWE is looking for. And they shift everything they do over to some preconceived notion of this is what we are and what we're looking for, and it's not at all. We're looking for you to do you, be you, and sometimes that's the hardest thing you can do. I talk to talent about it here all the time. Stop trying to um, like think you know what we want and give it to us. Just be you. You were brought here for a reason, and if you can do that, then you'll succeed. And sometimes it takes them a year before they let loose and give us them, you know? Um, whenever you're talking about the business of WWE, and obviously I think, are you down in the Performance Center right now? Absolutely. I am, yeah. Beautiful place, obviously. It's, you know, you're investing in the future of the product, but a big part 
of WWE is expanding into all these other worlds. And I, uh, Nick Khan, new president, came out and said, "Hey, we want to be like Marvel here. Like we want to, yeah. we want people to, you know, look at the WWE as like, hey, we're we're something that can do a little bit of everything, and we have superstars. He's out of uh, out of." Out of life personalities, which is what WWE has always been. This A and E relationship you guys have with the Steve Austin and last night the Roddy Piper and then the treasures that you're a part of in this whole thing. This has been a beautiful relationship here early. Are you guys just always trying to, you know, figure out how do we expand our content? How can we make more riveting stuff? How does that all that shit come together behind the scenes? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of that. You're trying to constantly grow the brand. There's this unique perspective, especially now in the internet world, where, you know, it used to be just the characters, right? So all you knew was sort of those characters, Macho Man Randy Savage. You knew what you saw on TV. You heard little rumors about other things. Now they know everything. They're just as fascinated with the reality of people's lives as they are with the uh, characters themselves and the storylines. So you can connect to them in so many different ways. A, a memorabilia show like what we're doing, where we're on a quest to find these objects, can really um, tell you sort of the real life behind the scenes stories that a lot of times you don't get on all these little things. I learned a ton as we were doing the episodes, even just on the stuff talking with Kane and Taker about his mask. It was crazy. I didn't know any of that stuff. Do you think that was... What would a lot of the, the old school wrestlers thought of that if they did have to have so much of their personal life out and everyone kind of knew they're behind the scenes? Well, to be honest, back in the day, you had to tone everybody's personal lives down to make it believable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, you hear a lot of guys now say, well, that character was just me with the volume turned way up. Like the Iron Sheik was the Iron Sheik. He just had to turn the volume way down in order to put it on television. Because the real sheep, people would have gone, no way that guy exists. It's not possible. The the but thought the thought of Undertaker, whenever he was on our show, he said, you know, can you put the toothpaste back into the bottle? And and I think to be very fair, you guys have been able to continue to grow and evolve no matter what happens. I would assume there was numerous times where everybody thought that this was potentially it for it, and it's only grown tenfold, it feels like. Is there any way you guys could have expected? I assume Vince did because after everything I've learned, is like he's going to succeed. That's just kind of how it goes, and obviously Steph is the same exact way, and you're in Shane and everybody, but could you guys have ever imagined for it to, you know, because then now forever – has always been a motto, but could you have ever imagined for it to continue to grow like this? No, nah, it's been really hard to, you know, I think in some manner you think that it will because you enjoy what we do so much, the, the form of entertainment that we do. I, I still think when it's done well, it's the greatest form of entertainment in the world. But, um, you know, there, there was a moment, like when I first came in here in 95, we used to talk all the time about how do you imagine if this got as big as it was back in the day with Hogan and all that stuff? Then it flipped. The Attitude Era, it, we all changed it, and all of a sudden it was busier than ever. Everything sold out. Every single place you went, it was a mob scene. You know, it's continued to grow since then. People look at, you know, certain aspects of our business now and say, well, ratings are this, or numbers are this, or television is this. But when you really break it down, it's a bigger company than it's ever been. 
the viewership across the board. You can't just look at your TV and go, that's the only place people watch. It's cell phones, it's computers, it's every form of uh, communication we have out there. And that's where people are following the product. Our engagement has never been higher. That's incredible. Ty, what do you have? Mr. H, Pat alluded to it earlier with the A&E uh, documentaries that they're doing right now. But obviously, you have a bunch of shit on your plate. It's evident to see how busy you are. The product and your job kind of dictates that you have to live in the now. But how nice has it been going back and kind of just having nostalgia for all the stuff you've done in your career uh, through the process of like the documentaries and everything? Well, I think that's the coolest thing about our business because people are especially with the network now, they're so engaged in the history of our business, those characters, um, that generation of Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Snuka, Savage, you know, go, going through all of that, to Bret Hart, to that new generation. And you see it when we do Hall of Fame, people explode for British Bulldog going in there. That, that history has never been more prominent as to now. We have a warehouse full of stuff. Now we're just trying to figure out what do we do with all of it? We have hundreds of thousands of hours of video on these people that are larger than life characters that really kind of guided and changed people's lives in some way. They look at them like superhero characters, but they're real life people. You can connect on all of that. So the then now for everything really is, is this, it's sort of the Marvel universe, but for what we do. And it connects across every character that there's ever been, every match there's ever been, all of it. It's it's incredible to see. So it's it's cool, um, you know, not only to see it for what came before you, but what 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 you were a part of carry on and being seen so well, you know. Hey, do you you have to feel it whenever you know, and you can call it. The internet describes it however, but the pop anytime your music hits, DX hits, uh, NWO just a couple weeks ago for the Hall of Fame, the way it has to feel good to be like, you know, we were a part of an era that will last literally forever. That's not normal yeah. in a lot of things, you know? Well, there, there's uh, the documentary that they just did on Steve. When, when that, that glass break thing, you know, it was a holy shit moment everywhere we were. Every arena we were in, the place would be sold out. That glass would break. People would lose their minds. Whether it was for his match, whether it was for a run in, it didn't matter. If we went into an arena today and you hit that glass break and that music started, people would lose their minds. It's, it's so cool to be able to see that and the respect that everybody gets. I don't know that there's another sport out there that carries that same level of excitement for its history you know he's a scumbag you know him pretty well you know him pretty well but when uh one of the first takeovers i was at that i got a chance to work the you know it gets real loud when that son of a bitch adam Cole. oh yeah that scumbag it gets real loud i hated every second of it could you guys eliminate that ban that the the scumbags or the music well, I mean, I mean, either or would help me out in this particular. Yeah. Either or would help me out, but there is some, there is still some moments like that that happen. But the WWE in sports entertainment with the fans, it's just I can't wait. I assume you feel the same way. WrestleMania in front of twenty five thousand people or whatever, that had to be a massive breath of fresh air for everybody in the business over there. Yeah, we did takeovers in the two, uh, you know, the week following. On Wednesday, Thursday, we did NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. And we had a couple hundred fans here. And the talent were losing their minds. Man. Like, like, it was so... 
Why didn't you let me come say you suck to them? Why, why, you couldn't have just let me come down and just give a one? Hey, you all stink. The door is open for you anytime. Okay. Hey, 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 okay, okay. I like that. Mr. Tuesday night. It's a short drive from Tampa. You come right over and do what you want. You got it. But, you know, going 25,000 fans in that stadium was... God, it's hard to even explain standing on that stage while Vince was talking with all our talent and just looking out there and feeling that roar again, and you can feel it. It's not just sound, man. You can feel it inside of you. It's hard to express how much they were missed. They're everything, everything that we do, we do for them. Every reaction that they give us, every moment, you do everything for them, unlike any other sport. So... You know, to have that back, I can't wait for it to be sold out again everywhere we go. It'll be awesome. Connor? Yeah, Trips, uh, this show is trying to whoa, bring whoa, back. Whoa, just real quick. Whoa. Is it all right if a Boston stooge with a mustache just calls you Trips? Yeah, I do like the mustache. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Trips, back to my question. We're trying to bring back the coal miners to the forefront of the Internet. Uh, what makes Michael Cole so damn good at his job? So as much as the internet um, criticizes him, Michael Cole does the best job I've ever seen anybody do on from a behind-the-scenes standpoint of the traffic, of controlling people, of getting everything where it needs to go. And, and he's allowing everybody else around him to shine. Uh-huh. There, was, there was a moment a few years ago when we went to NXT UK to do a show out of Blackpool. And I asked Michael to come do it, and he just got to come call wrestling. And people lost their minds and were like, oh, my God, Michael Cole can actually be a play-by-play guy and do a great job and, and all that stuff. They loved it. He usually is setting everybody else up to succeed, and he's just kind of the guy that's there calling the action. Um, it's, it's what he's so good at. He's been doing it so long. I feel like sometimes he can do it in his sleep. But yet he's still excited for the product, and and he's. That's why I love working with him. He's like a kid when, uh, when when something great's happening, he comes back just buzzing, you know. Yeah, he has been so nice to me, nice to everybody. He's made me look good. I haven't been fired. Good news. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. I know you got a lot going that's, on. That's got to be attributed somehow to Michael Cole because I don't know how you would have pulled it up. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! It's not easy to be the play-by-play in wrestling. I think people forget about that. Michael Cole has done an incredible job. I'm very lucky to work alongside of him. Amazing. And Mr. H, thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, 14-time world champion, founder of NXT, which is on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on USA Network, Triple H. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I am eternally grateful for to our guests thank you so much for your time for the boys thank you for your passion tomorrow we got a big one for you i don't know if that's true or not i assume tomorrow's show will be good leading into draft day there's gonna be more rumors more bullshit more conversation big time guests let's have a monday night and then let's get back manana and uh do this thing again if you enjoyed it please tell somebody if not just act like this never happened like we're just two ships passing in the night ty Please play some independent music and propel these people into the greatest Monday night in the history of Mondays. Cheers.